Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, I greet you once again. And uh, after uh, talking about Mordenai and uh, like I've said, like you know by now that we say that this year is our 50th year of marriage. And I think marriage is the best thing that could ever have happened to the both of us because we've enjoyed every day together. And, uh, you know, wherever I came short, Mort filled in. Where the Mort came short, I filled in. And I had duties and she had duties. And together we fulfilled it. And I just have one word, and that is, um, you know, uh, marriage, marriage, holy matrimony. That really is a thing that works. A man shall leave his father and his mother and he shall cling to his wife and these two shall become one flesh. Now, when that happens, they're able to multiply and to multiply and to fill the earth. That was the instruction of God, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so the world has been blessed with billions, I suppose, if you count countless amount of holy matrimony, the real thing, the thing that God speaks of in the Bible where these two become one. And uh, if God's at the top, now you think about it, God, the, the heart to heart, you have God at the top and you have a husband and his wife and their hearts together and their hearts in God's heart and they are blessed even before they do anything. I always say, you know what? I always say that I had a marriage and Maud had a marriage, like a, like you would say normal marriage. But when we married each other and we got really committed to God, that normal became supernatural. Because from there, I had to make a decision. Am I going to follow the kingdom of God rule? Or are we just going to continue the way we did continue as before? We decided that we're not going to waste any time because life, we are pilgrims, we are sojourners, as the chief patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob said. That's all we are. We are traveling to from point A to point B, and the, un the unseen world is infinitely more powerful, infinitely more powerful than what is the seen world. And science is stuck on the scene. Hence, my created subject, the physics of non-physics. Because when you enter the world of God, God in the first place, highest in rank, far above all principalities and powers, sits and governs everything. Let me tell you now, God is in control of your life. You know, it's just like Jewish people, they say that even when a leaf falls from a tree, God's aware of it. God knows the number of hair that are on your head. He knows everything about you. He carefully constructed you. And you know, now if you look at that in Genesis 1.26 where God says, now let us make man according to our image and according to our likeness. Two different words meaning two different things, emphasizing two things. 
But good enough for now to say image is one thing, likeness is another thing. And if you think that God put it in man to become so like him that he could walk with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and he could speak with Adam, he could come close to Adam because there was nothing separating. He now had a being, a created being made out of the dust of the ground with which he could or with whom he could have a perfect, a perfect relationship. It's the desire of my heart. It's the aspirations, my highest aspiration to have this perfect relationship with God and to have the fear of the Lord to get the mind of Christ concerning things, to, to do good to people. And, and if you see the amount of evil that goes on on earth, then I just say, Lord Jesus, you better come and you better come quickly. You better come and help. But it's the beginning of the birth bangs. And God said, number one first must come, the birth bangs. When you see all these things that are happening on the earth, I mean, it's financial. I mean, it's health with a COVID story and many other stories of similarity within the health, the health dimension. It is, it is wars. It is rebellion on the streets. It is, it is people throwing stones in nations. It is banners. It is people protesting. And you see the world goes on and God is just being ignored. And then I think of the book of Isaiah 5. Uh, there are words that, that to me have been, have been so strong, so very strong. It says these words. It says, therefore, my people have gone into captivity. That means in the bondage of chains. That means they bound. They don't even know it, but they bound. Bound in iniquity. They are bound by evil spirits. Why are they in bondage? Okay. It says, therefore, in Hosea 4, 6, it says, therefore, my people perish through a lack of knowledge. Here it says, my people have gone into captivity. The word perish is like if you take something that, uh, that breaks down and uh, you throw it outside as refuse. It just goes outside and there's a, a hole and you put all the stuff that's perishable and not usable anymore in there. It says, my people have perished through a lack of knowledge. Then concerning the priest, it says, because you've rejected the word of the Lord your God, therefore the Lord has rejected you. People don't read the Bible. My people perish through a lack of knowledge. Therefore my people have gone into captivity. That's bondage because they have a billion excuses for not reading the Bible. Because they have no knowledge. Knowledge of the Lord is understanding. The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is knowledge of the Lord. Or knowledge of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is understanding. The honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, listen to this. Sheol has enlarged and opened its mouth beyond measure. Their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. People shall be brought down. Each man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord God of hosts 
shall be exalted in judgment, and God who is holy shall be hallowed in righteousness. Here we have a verse in verse 14, Isaiah uh, 5, not 6, verse 13, my people have gone into captivity, bondage, because they have no knowledge of God. And verse 14, therefore shale, which is hell, has enlarged and opened its mouth beyond measure. Make room. In the Hebrew, it says literally make space for, get extra space available for all the people that are going there. It is to me one of, because of the spiritual realm, because of visions that the Lord graciously allowed me to see, because isn't it written in the book of, of Acts chapter number two? Your young men shall dream dreams, shall see visions, your old men dreams, dream dreams. I have had lots and lots of dreams. And isn't it so that if you have these dreams and you see these things and you see angels and you see the, how demons are operative in the streets of the cities, that you realize the people are in trouble and they don't even know it. They don't even realize it. Why don't they realize that they're in trouble? Because they have no knowledge. Now, one of the things that happened is that... Uh, if you, if you look at science, and again, I get back to dioxyribonucleic acid, or DNA, dioxyribonucleic acid, said slowly and break it up in words. That's DNA. Okay, so DNA provides the codes for protein called RNA. That is something which then goes to the ribosomes and it all hell it all happens within the cell in other words in the cell all of this takes place dna is found in structures of the cell and chromosomes dna is arranged in chromosomes dna determines how we look and how we function it is the protein that is produced through the rna that elicits immune response, not RNA. So if you say RNA is my immune system, it's not. It's actually the immune response that comes from the ribosomes after the RNA has gone through the ribosome. And then there's the top and the bottom half, and it, it reads the codes and it builds a a resistance against sickness and disease and everything else. If you mess with humankind's DNA, if you go in there and you do genetic engineering, you are playing with fire. I'm not talking about somebody that's dead already, but if you, or if you've got a sample of DNA that's, let's say on a glass, I've got a glass here, they're capable now these days to take it because it's so small, to take the DNA and, and, and then say, what is that DNA? And identify the person, particularly in the USA, where they use that in terms of the, the policing of the people and the security to find a DNA sample of a person and then by DNA prove if that person is the guilty person. In, let's say, the case of, of a murder that took place and there's a court case, then they can use that DNA. But DNA is deoribonucleic acid, and it encodes... RNA for ribosomes in cells. It's a process in the cell. Now, 
When the sons of God went into the daughters of men and they had babies or children for them, what came out there was monsters. When you mess with DNA, like what happened there in Genesis chapter number six, what comes out is, and it happened, monsters. What did Jesus say? In the last days, it will be like the days of Noah. When this process has been started, like here in the case of these giants that were in the earth, they started replicating or multiplying instead of mankind. They started hybridizing. In other words, they defiled mankind. And then it says that the Lord uh, was, was sorry, so to speak, that he even made man. He regretted that he made man. And uh, then he said the number of the days of man is 120. And then, of course, Noah was a, a man fair in all of his generation. Nothing wrong with Noah. He was a chosen vessel of God and he built an ark in a place where nobody builds ships so far away from the shoreline of the sea. Built this massive, massive ship like a hotel size. And uh, with this ark of the covenant, the ark of Noah actually, uh, he when the storm came, those people who knew not God those people who had intercourse with giants, those people who produced more giants, those people were so defiled in the earth that God thought it necessary to bring to an end mankind as it was from Adam and Eve to then, except for a man called Noah and his family that he let into the ark. And then, of course, they came out of the ark on the other side. But they still had the fallen nature of Genesis 3.15, uh, that whole discourse there, uh, when, when Satan took over and the eyes of Adam and Eve were opened and they realized what had happened. They tried to cover themselves and made leaves for themselves. Then God covered them. And then, of course, there was the curse that came. And God said, it'll be like war between you and the woman. And the first war broke out right here in Genesis chapter number six. That was the first hybridation that took place. And that was something which, which, uh, which actually, uh, which I, 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 have, I have said here, somewhere here, I've just, uh, the unseen is very much more powerful. And so what happened here is like, the moment that, that hybridation takes place, it's like, you know, the movie Jurassic Park, it's like the animals having escaped from the island. And uh, it is so that uh, it is an absolute catastrophe when the wrong thing mixes with the wrong thing. Because that replicates, that continues. So that went into the system of mankind. God said, days of Noah, so is the end of days. They will mess around with the DNA of mankind and not only will they do that, it will cause in the last days, man will start seeking specific chromosomes. Listen to what I'm saying to you now. Man will start seeing specific chromosomes, which when they have deactivated them through the mark of the beast, those chromosomes will take the emotions, the feelings for God, the hunger to be in harmony with God, will absolutely annihilate it. So it's catastrophous, so to speak. 
it will be a catastrophe because now they will not want to know anything about this book called the Bible. They don't want to know about God and they will be in complete rebellion. Hence also the Armageddon. Hence the reason for mankind having to be dealt with by God. Like the days of Noah, so will be the day of the coming day of the Lord. What is the day of the Lord? You know, a lot of people think it's a single day, but it's not a single day. Because if you read, for example, in the book of Hebrews, if you read what the Bible says, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day in the sight of the Lord. And so if you read and you take a thousand years, you take the tribulation, you take the great tribulation and including the, the thousand years, those uh, uh, what, what we call transitional phases between one dispensation and another, this counts as part of the day of the Lord, when the Lord comes in that day. And then for the next thousand years, Jesus takes over, but rules the nations with a rod of iron. Why does he rule the nations with a rod of iron? Satan is bound for a thousand years. Why? Because man has a sin nature. And even after that, the bottomless but Revelation 20 is open up. The devil comes out again to deceive the, to deceive the people. And then the deceiver of the nations after fire falling from God, he, he gathers many people like the sand of the sea against God and against the Messiah, again at the city of Jerusalem. But now God has had enough of wars and all of this stuff and fire falls from him, from the face of the Lord, anger, wrath, max. And then, of course, there's a destruction of all the ungodly. There is now the remnant that would go through into the new heavens and the new earth. This remnant, like Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fire that comes because the heavens and the earth, which are now, 2 Peter chapter 3, is reserved for fire in the day of judgment. So they will go through, and to Abraham and his seed, the earth, he will, they will inherit the earth. The Bible is clear. But what is the seed of Abraham? If you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed and is according to the promise. What is the seed of Abraham? We know that those who are of faith, I'm quoting from, from Galatians 3, are the children of Abraham. What is the seed of Abraham? Abraham's seed is also biological. And that biological seed, there's a remnant that will go through and will live. And the leaves of the tree of life will be for the healing of the nations that will be placed in the center of the garden at the river of life that flows out of the city. An incredible situation that will be taking place, a transformation that will take place. So with that in mind, think again how the world has changed. We are now in a world in which they have more problems with fake news, with lies an accumulation of lies with uh, fraud and with looting and with violence and with rebellion and with every kind of thinkable sexual immorality like in the days of the giants. So this, this let's call it, for want of a better expression now, hybridation, that takes place where, where evil and, and, and what remains of mankind 
mixes, the breeding of that will bring forth a generation of people. You know, uh, I have had visions and I've had dreams, but I have seen people on the streets in in, in uh, I have recognized the buildings, parts of cities of our land, and I've, I've just shook my head because I saw that the, the violence like they had recently in South Africa, that violence, you see it, you see how it happens. But you in the midst, if you see it spiritually, in the midst of them, you see both fallen angels and demon spirits. The demon spirits are the ones that are, they're much smaller, they're not as big as their fallen angel. They're much smaller and they have, a, they have a very ugly appearance. And wherever they touch people and infiltrated people, their faces contorted and twisted like that. Of uh, There was a movie called Scary Movie. Now, I haven't seen the movie because I don't look at that sort of stuff. But I saw the advertisement and the artwork. Their faces twist into another shape. And like the prickly pear leaves that color, something that's been dead long time ago. Where did I see anything that was dead long time ago? I went to Egypt. I went to the tombs of the pharaohs. I went to the uh, Egyptian uh, museum. And there were, there were the bodies of mummies. And I've seen a mummy, even as a schoolboy, I've already seen a mummy uh, in a museum. And I was fascinated by the look of something that's been long dead. When you take a prickly pear and you just take the, the juice, so to speak, out of it and you let it twist into another shape and full of, full of spikes, that was the faces of the people that went into that rebellion. They were filled with hatred. They wanted to murder. They wanted to kill, steal and destroy and do the work of their father, which is the father of lies, the devil, who gets cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, Revelation 20.10, who is deceived, the deceiver of the nations, who has deceived all the nations. And so if we talk of this thing called dioxyribonucleic acid, in other words, DNA, with RNA in our system, the Bible is very clear that we are the temples of the living God. We're not to defile our systems in any way. We're not to go into any form of changing that which God has created because it's coming, it will be, and it has begun in the world of, of now, the world that we're now certainly living in. It's like the days of Noah already. There are more things that must happen. There will be more earthquakes. Watch out for the earthquakes. There will be volcanoes that will blow. Watch out for that. There will be wars and rumors of wars. It will increase. We have come into a place where if you talk the beginning of the birth pangs, the Bible code says the beginning of the birth pangs has begun. If you go to the beginning of the birth pangs, birth pangs, now I'm a father of four. I've seen my wife with birth pangs. And I was with her all the way. I know what it's like to give birth. And you know, the thing is, although I don't have the experience, obviously I know what happens. And you see those, those um, uh, convulsions, can I say? Contractions, can I say? Of, the, of, the, of the, the woman's womb at the time of giving birth. The pains that go through with pain, they shall bring forth their children. So we had four natural children. Just like that. Like God made us, so the children were. And uh, with that being said, um, 
I, 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 I thought of myself, you know, I see how the frequency of those birth pains. If Maud said to the hospital now, the suitcase was standing ready, I was standing ready, and we ran. And we ran to get there. So we got to the place where uh, they took her in, and uh, it was just like that. I made a prayer, she made a prayer, we made a prayer, bang. And it was, it was like clockwork. I had four children born. They since have now got, four children have got eight grandchildren, of course, their life mates uh, that are there. And the fact of the matter is that man has been created to, to be born, to be fruitful, to multiply, to come to God, to give your life to God, to commit yourself wholly unto the Lord, spirit, soul, and body, and to be uh, in a position of saying to yourself, all right, I belong to God. What can I do for the kingdom of God? I'm wanting to find again, and I'll do this in closing, the words of Albert Einstein. The minority, the ruling class at present, has the schools and press worldwide. Usually the church as well. The church at this time is in a lockdown. In my life, 74 years, I cannot even imagine lockdown to a church. I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of anybody who locks down the church. Uh, usually the church as well. Under its thumb, this enabled it to organize and sway the emotions of the masses and make its tool of them, the words of Albert Einstein. So in other words, if we can control everything, including schools and universities and the people that walk in the streets and the schools and the, I said that, uh, the, the schools and the, the, uh, the, the, the church as well, if we can bring them into a lockdown because of a virus that everybody is scared of, and let me tell you now, I take one of the areas of my head, I can't get one of, one of my head, I won't be able to do it by myself. But if I tell, I haven't got any worry about that. Not, no worry. Do you understand me? Get it? The only fear that I have is the fear of the Lord. So any other fear is irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. Why should I fear and shorten my days? Why should I worry? Why should I be concerned? His eyes is on the sparrow and he watches over me. He is still on the throne, and he's on the throne of my life as well. I'm in an intimate relationship with him day to day. He looks after me, so I'm able to look after many people. I'm a senior pastor. I look after many people. The only reason that we as a church do what we're doing, doing webcasting, is because the Bible tells me, Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities over them, for no authority that exists is, is there except that which is there by God, been put there by God. And you resist that authority, resist him who put them there. Secondly, what does the Bible say? I say this again. It says, 1 Timothy chapter number 2, uh, verse from verse 1. In the first place, I say that prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, and, uh, and uh, 
supplications be made for all men, for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, which is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So how many times have I said those words? How many times must I still say those words? People, I can't stop them worrying. I see them in the streets. They're scared. They are seeing what they're being fed. You turn to channel television news number one, virus. Second channel, virus. Third channel, virus. Virus news, virus news. If I now took anything out, the first headlines, virus. Everything, virus. In my world, it's, it's just the virus sits right at the bottom. Because to me, it's irrelevant. Because to me, it is, we are the church that are filled with the Holy Spirit, whose names are written in the book of life, has authority and power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by no mean harm them. And therefore, as the church of Jesus Christ, why should I be dismayed? Why should I fear? Only be strong and courageous, full of courage. Do not be dismayed. That means terrified. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Afraid is one thing. Dismayed is even the next step. It's the next level. Haven't I told you now? Be strong and courageous. Joshua chapter number one. So what do you do? I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? From the Lord. What have I got to do? Focus on God and be fruitful. Fruitful not only in marriage. You know, we've got four children. We've got eight grandchildren and, and, and they're pretty big already. So I don't worry about that. They now as families have to care for themselves. But as for me, I have to care for you. I have to care for the whole church that God has placed under my command so that I could shepherd them and I could help them and say to them, the Bible says something like 365 times, do not fear. Now, why do people fear? Because they are stuck on the scene. Do you know King David took five stones? Here they are again. And these five stones, let me put them down on top of the computer here. Five stones. And put them in a, in a row here next to each other. Right like that. Right, there are the five stones in a row. Here, here we have a slingshot. This is a slingshot, okay? So now you look at that. You put a stone in it. I'll just put it to the side. You put one of these stones in it. You sling like that. It took down a giant. It was a dark day in the, the nation of Israel. They thought it's over. We're going to be slaves. In the last day, they will say it's over. The Antichrist is here. The Antichrist is sitting in the temple, exalting himself as God and behaving like he was God, but he's not God. We know it. We want the Messiah. Already there's a lot of talk. I, I follow all the Jewish things that, that's happening in Jerusalem all the time. Every day I see what's in the Jewish newspapers. And you know, they, they're talking about the Messiah. You look at what goes on in the religious community, what they talk about. They're wanting the Messiah to come. On the day of the Armageddon, second advent now, Jesus comes down on the Mount of the Olivet, places his foot, his foot down there. The moment he lands, 
In fact, I don't even know if he gets off the horse, but he, he lands on the Mount of the Olive Head. That whole mountain splits. And the golden gate, which according to the prophet Ezekiel, had to be locked until the coming of the Messiah because the Lord himself, nobody can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Lord himself went through that gate. He will go through there. And he will be a king who will reign in righteousness and the government will be on his shoulders. Do you know, O oh politician, how you should behave? Look at Jesus. And if you say, I don't know enough about Jesus, look at the leadership style of King David, particularly King David, because Jesus is the son of David. I can sit for hours and see the way that David reasoned himself through certain difficulties, had lots of difficulties, faced lots of storms, but the righteous will never be forsaken. They will never be forsaken. God will look after you through all things. You just have to live the kingdom of God lifestyle. You do the kingdom of God lifestyle. He will take care of you. You don't have to fear. I don't fear for nothing. There's nothing that I have to fear for. I am ready to meet the Lord at any moment in time. Sudden death to me would be sudden glory. So is with Maud. We don't care about those things. If I could take all the cares of the world off the people, Jesus said, come unto me, all of you, you that thirst, you that are heavily laden. My yoke is soft. And you know what? If he says that it's light and soft, if he tells you that, why don't you do it? Come to Jesus with your whole heart. Do not become like the final generation that are out there to do evil and evil with evil, calling good evil and evil good. And the Bible says, woe to them. And the book of Revelation tells you how God deals with that situation big time. I could run through the book of Revelation in, a, in, in, in the next five minutes. I could give you a quick breakdown of that, but I won't do it because my time's out. The fact of the matter is, Christ is coming. He's coming for you and I. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, don't fear. If you have committed, you've asked him to come into your life, write your name in the book of life, don't fear. It's totally irrelevant. Don't hate. That's totally irrelevant. Racial hatred. It's totally irrelevant. It doesn't happen in the Bible. It does not exist in the kingdom of God. So why should I be part of something that is not in the kingdom of God? I think love towards mankind. Love is sacrificial. Love says you shall love your fellow, fellow man as yourself. So what must I do? Everybody, doesn't matter from which tongue and tribe and kindred of nation, all being created through in one blood God has created and put them there. We are to love, have a relationship with him, and do not fear for the coming day of the Lord is very near. And the Lord is with you now, I pray. Let them feel and experience your presence as I feel it now as I talk to them. Let them know that you are there and that you are looking after them. Let them do away with all fear and anxiety. Thank you, Lord. You are in control. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.